thanks for joining me again. This is Tony with Total Health Talks. Listen, we're going to go and uh, we're going to approach health like we always do. You know, we don't believe in total health that you can just focus on one thing. You need that whole picture. So we're talking about your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health. And today we're going to even talk about some of that community health. Now, for those of you guys who are looking at the screen, you already know who's sitting next to me. I have the legend. I'm going to try to give him an introduction um, that's as, as, as good as the ones that I've seen him give. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to fall short. But nevertheless, we are sitting here today with the founder, creator, visionary, and griot. Whether he wants the title or not, he gets it. It's bestowed upon them. They say some men seek greatness, some men greatness finds them. And this is definitely a man who greatness has found. I am sitting here with none other than Lamont Collins at the Roots 101 Museum. How you doing today, bro? I'm blessed, Tony, and thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored to be on your show. Man. Yeah, I'm one of your greatest fans. So no, 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 I'll tell you, this is the gentleman that gave me the first shot on his podcast. He he literally had me over at the radio station and, and uh, I came over once with, with somebody as a guest, turned around one morning, I got a call that said, hey, I need you to be a place at a certain time. And I'm from a generation where when your elders speak out to you and they give you that opportunity to tell you, I need you to be a place at a certain time, you be at that place at that certain time. Yeah. And I had the chance to host... Uh, the Deeply Rooted podcast one day, and I tell you, I loved it. Yeah. But we want to talk about community, right? Because health is one of the things that we, we push. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk about all these different types, physical, and all of those are quick and simple and easy. You know, but what you do in the community as far as Roots 101, I think that goes toward the community health. And I'm sure people want to know, how did it get started? Where, where, did, where, did, where did you get the idea? Where was this born from? Uh, you know, I think about that all the time, but I think it was just born from the family I was raised in. I was raised about, I was raised in a family of first. Uh, my dad was like the first black guy to drag race. My grandfather was one of the first uh, members of International Harvest Board, uh, uh, Union Board. Uh, so I always saw black men doing great things. And I think when I got old enough, I just said I wanted to give back in a sense to let the world know there are black men doing great things in this country. So when I was a kid, my father moved us into an all-white neighborhood in 1970. You remember, that's two years after Martin Luther King. Right. And I say he dropped us behind enemy lines, right? But it was the greatest thing happened to me because what happened, I was always an athlete, and I was the best athlete. So the white kids would knock on the door. I'm just kind of making a point. They would knock on the door, and they say, Lamont, let's go play baseball. So we go play baseball. The first thing the white kid would say to me is, Lamont, Sandy Koufax is the best pitcher in the world. And I said, no, he's not. Bob Gibson. Every time Bob Gibson threw the ball so fast, they lowered the mouths because he's so fast. So we go play football. The first thing the white kid would say is, Paul Horn is the greatest running back ever. He, you know, he played for Flagey, went to Green Bay, played for the Packers, won the Super Bowl, uh, Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame. And I would go, no, he's not. Jim Brown's the best running back in the world. Right, right. Every time Jim Brown touched the ball, he went five yards so they could even tackle him, and he was a lacrosse All-American. So next time we'll go out in the basketball court, and the first thing they'll say, Jerry West is the greatest basketball player. I say, no, he's not. Wilt Chamberlain. He scored 100 points, averaged 20, 30 rebounds a season. He's the greatest player. So like in 1970, uh, the kids would come back to class the next day and say, Lamont, you know what? My dad said Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest ball player. Or my dad said Bob Gibson was the best baseball player. And I would say, I told you so. So, <laughs> so at 10 years old, I started telling our story, 
how we contribute to this country, how much we brought to this country, how much we invented in this country. And I just started doing this 10 as a mechanism to say that I, I, des I deserve to be in that neighborhood. And I've been telling that story ever since. All right. All right. Listen, I, 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 phenomenal. I didn't know you was that deep in sports, but now that I think about it, from all our conversations, yeah, you have always talked about sports. So it, it seems like, though, the representation was a thing um, for you of being able to say that, listen, there is a, 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 a there, there are achievements that my community has, and I want to be able to uh, bring that to light yeah. because you've been telling that story and you've been defending that, and so. As that being a natural part of it, where was the moment when you said to yourself, I'm gonna how I'm going to do it mm. is going to be a museum? Because there's plenty of other ways yeah. you could have went. You could have yeah. went to be the best uh, uh, sports player. You could have yeah. went to be the best broadcaster. You could have went to be the best a lot of things. Right. But you took the route and said, I want to do it this way. What was that moment like? Huh. Well, what happened is I love NPR radio. You know, who thinks a guy, a black guy, driving down the streets left. I love NPR radio. So I'm listening to NPR radio and there's a brother out of California named Owen Z that had a museum. Uh, this four years ago, I had a museum in California, shut it down because of urban renewal. And he was on the phone. I told my wife, I'm going to get him on the phone. I said, how are you going to get him on the phone on a Saturday morning? When she came out of Kroger's, I'm talking to him on the phone. I said, my name's Lamont Collins. I've been collecting art since I was 12 years old. And said, I want to do a museum. He says, brother, I'm a five-time five, five cancer survivor. And if you're going to do a museum, I'm here to support you. And whatever you do, I got you. Well, he was more of a hoarder than he was a sheriff, right? But by him telling the story, saying, go ahead, I went ahead. So next thing I know, six months later, I opened a museum on Main Street. I always collected, collected ever since I was like 10 years old. My mother was at the Armed Force Examination Center. And what she did was, or what she was over was when uh, soldiers came in, they had to take an exam to go into the service. Right. So I have autographs of Dan Ilse or Muhammad Ali when he was classic clay. So that's how it all started, co uh, collecting autographs. And then when the show came out, Roots, we all fell in love with Roots. Right. And, and I named the museum Roots from the show, but it also I named it 101 because in higher education, the first class you take is a 101. <laughs> and it's an right. educational journey from Africa to America. So that's how the name Roots 101 came about. But it was the main thing is that representation, our story wasn't told. And even when I started the museum, people looked at me like, our story only happens in February. But black history is 365 days a year. And that was my point of doing the museum. And I felt like we had to be in an area where we could tell our story every day, be as black as it can be without people telling us what it can't be. I wanted to be what it mm. needed to be. Mm. That's real. That's real right there. Well, you can you. tell your story what it is, and somebody now is not telling you what it can't be. That's right. So I think that is that. I think that's huge. So as far as impact, right? Because I know you said, "Hey, you know, I woke up and I decided to start." Now I know it didn't go from being a business owner myself. I know it doesn't go from I'm going to start it, and then the next door, it's all, next day, it's all open and different things like that. I know you run into challenges and different things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, 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 but with that being the case, having started, what were some of the biggest challenges you had to face getting it going? Mm, good question. Well, you know, I'm telling history. So the history of the black community is that faith over financing. So it wasn't about the money. It was about the faith to do it. And I had the faith to do it. So when I did it, I never, ever worried about failure. I, I failed a thousand times because I have a t-shirt for each time. 
but I've been successful too. So taking the risk of failure never was an option. So, but when I got started, year after getting there, COVID happened. Within three months, I opened the museum. Wow. All people was telling me how we shouldn't do it. First, people telling me that even people that look like me, we don't need a museum. You know, we don't need it. Well, how do we not need a museum telling our story? But all people that look like you would tell you that. And most of them told you that because they didn't know our story. Right? right. So I realized when they told me that I knew how to do more. You know, if you have a thousand white museums, when I say white, telling the story of white America on every block. And all of them could raise a million dollars just by blinking. Why can't black people have their story? So that's what energized me is that. There could never be, if there's never could be enough white museums, it could never be enough black museums. Okay. So that's why I did it. And, uh, you know, through the grace of God, we've gotten to this, got national attention. But still, we don't get what they get. And I get it, but I have to keep telling the story till we can get there to do it. And, you know, like I said, we're nationally recognized. Uh, we're, the city calls us a treasure but gives us no treasure. So that's a story in itself, a story that I tell about, how inequity and injustice is still in every business. When you look at downtown Louisville, there's still not enough black ownership in this city. You know, out of five buildings downtown, uh, out, of, out of five buildings that are owned by black people downtown, and you got millions of buildings downtown and only five people own the building, there's something to that issue. When you talk about business, uh, not small business, but big businesses. You know, I'm a million dollar business already with more than a million dollar investment. Well, the city will give me $5,000, but I need 50000 I need 100 I need the same thing a million-dollar business get that don't look like me. But okay. what I get is 5000 2000 as if I'm a community center, <laughs> and they feel good about that. So I always have to fight that mentality. Stop treating me like a small business because I'm bigger than a small business. So, so, so with that, right, mm -hmm. because you opened up, COVID happened. Yes. You got people saying... Well, we don't need this. Uh, we, 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 this ain't something for us. Right. You have situations where, you know, funding is a little bit different from funding from, uh, you know, other museums and yes. different things like that. Mm -hmm. At what point, what, what is the thing that, 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 that's the driver, right? Because, I mean, that's a lot to make a person say, you know what? Maybe I just need to go give me a day job. I'm good at what I do, yeah, whatever yeah. it is that I do. I'm good at it. Right. You know, so what is the thing that's push past. And I think that's important because we're talking about health and when we're talking about also intestinal fortitude and things like that. So what is the thing that makes you push past every day to say, yeah, I'm getting up. The world's uh, against me or I got, I ain't going to say the world, right? We don't want to sound victimish, mm -hmm. but I've got all this adversarial stuff coming at me. I think what happened was I went from a business mentality to a purpose mentality. Uh, and this was a purpose. Uh, and once it became a purpose for me, every day I got up to follow my purpose. And when you're purpose-driven, nothing stops you. Wow. You know, I've been business-driven. But when I became purpose-driven, Tony, it's a whole different world. Uh, it's like a rebirth. It's a purpose. That's why I can touch so many young people, <clears throat> open my door, you know, if I don't have a dollar to give them an opportunity. Because I believe you got to plant the seeds for the next generation. I always say the greatest king plants shade trees, knowing he ever sub set up under him. And that's, I'm a purpose now. You know, it's not anybody can come through my door and I say no. Now, I don't rock with everybody, but if you want to rock with me, I rock with you. Right. And then right. you choose whether to roll away, but I'm never going to turn you away. You make your decision, but I'm always going to have an open door 
because that's where I'm at. I'm at a purpose right now, a purpose of what am I leaving on this earth when I leave this earth, and that's where I'm at. Wow, and I, I, I see that, because I see a lot of people who, uh, everybody that I've talked with, everybody I've dealt with in this, this community at some point or another has come over here and uh, uh, either done work with you, had opportunities here, you know, and so I, I, I do see that. Yeah. So spinning this whole thing back around to our health standpoint, because we're talking about community health. Right. And I know during the protests and all the different things that were going on, and it's still going on, so just because something is not, you know, out front doesn't mean things aren't still happening. Correct. Um, how did Roots 101 lend to the health of the mindset of the young people who were, this was new for them. I mean, this, this isn't new for us. We, we've grown up, we've seen the 60s. We knew the, all the, the things that was happening. Okay, we've been here before. This was a familiarity. Mm -hmm. um, but for this younger generation that had no, this was their first glimpse at protest. This was their first glimpse at organization um, of that scale hmm. in, in, in response to a tragedy. I think what I found out, and I think why I said it became a purpose, is that when I grew up, protest was centered about around God, Christ, doing the right thing. That was the center of it. Every meeting you went to, before you started, you prayed, all those things. But in this generation, I didn't see that. And I, I saw a need to get in this generation, not beat them with the Bible, but letting them know that something's greater than them that's in this world. Mm. And when something's greater than you, you learn to tap that greatness that's outside of you. So I found myself uh, with this generation to be that open door, to be that attitude that you can come here. You can speak out of turn. You can do this, but we still have to be respectful and, and justifiable in what we do. And I used to see so many kids on that corner, Brianna Taylor at the <clears throat> at the square, I seen so many walking dead. And I would go home looking at these kids walking, not knowing where they are, fighting against themselves. You know, Bronna Taylor's death gave them purpose, right? But they didn't know how to take that purpose and make life out of it. Wow, yeah. They took the purpose and let the purpose destroy them inside instead of growing from the inside out. That's why I think I was instrumental at least being there to say, look, you don't have to give up. You don't have to cuss up. Just, just have faith that something's greater than you and we move forward together. And that's why my door's always been open. And some people came in, some cussed me, and I, that never bothered me because it never turned my personality to their personality. So no matter what, when it's all said and done, well, Mr. Collins was always that same person to me. I may not have been that person to him, but he was always that person to me. And I just think that's my purpose to be is that, <clears throat> it's like I said, the king that plants the trees when I say king, I don't mean it as if I'm a king. Right, I'm just right. using the African proverb right. of a king. Uh, but like I said, I, I've never, you know, I don't want to be the hero. I just want to be someone there to help people get to where they need to be. Wow. That's who I am. I tell you, that, that just, just that whole thought, right, and that whole picture and that whole image reminds me of, um, you know, back in the 60s when we had the riots and things going on and there always had to be some type of a, a, a refuge or some type of place for individuals to go, and that kind of that kind of was a thing that held the community together. That was that piece that kept people, you know, sane and understanding that hey, 
you know, things aren't right, we've got a place we can go and voice. So it's good to know that this next generation actually had that. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, I walked through the, the museum. Uh, I actually stopped by yesterday uh, and did another walkthrough because every time I come through, there's something different, which that's a thing that I like because it's not that, okay, everything is just you've seen it one time and you don't ever have to see it again. Right. Um, the exhibit that I, I saw yesterday, and I, I've got to mention it, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, comics. That's right, I grew up in that generation with comics. And you've got a room down there with all the superheroes. And I hadn't even thought about how many black superheroes there were throughout the whole time frame right, right. because they came so sparse. So listen, that's just me shamelessly plugging <laughs> that room. Yeah. Come see that room. Uh, um, you, if you get a chance, you gotta come in because you know everybody. Iron Fist is there. Uh, 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 Storm is there. Uh, Blade, who, as some of you might not know or some of you do know, Blade <coughs> gave real life to the the uh, the comic, uh, the Marvel comic universe. Mm -hmm. Now, all these movies you're seeing came off of Blade. Yeah, and see, uh, and reason I did that, and the room is called Black to the Future. Because I want every black kid to come in here knowing they have a future, even the world told them they didn't. So every it's pictures of young people on the wall yeah. dressed up like doctors and lawyers. Yeah. And what I did, and it's been there since I've been, I just enhanced it. The reason I did the heroes, because enough of our kids don't see themselves as superheroes in the future. Wow. Now, we see ourselves as basketball players, future, you know, uh, LeBron James. We see all ourselves in the presence, but we don't see ourselves in the future. Yeah. So that's the reason I did the uh, Black Heroes, because I want kids to see themselves where they can be in the future. Wow. Well, I tell you, I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, uh, sit down and talk with me. We're going to have to do this again, because there's, there's a whole lot more story here uh, yeah. that I want to be able to get out. Um, again, you know, Total Health Talks, um, make sure you're checking us out. We approach health from our own standpoints. Today, we want to talk about community health. We wanted to talk about bringing you a place or bringing you something that you know that, hey, this is actually something in your community that's healthy. Um, it's, it's, and it's open for everybody to come and check it out. I call you it know? a safe space. Yes, that's it. It's a safe space. Yeah. Now, uh, on Mr. Lamont's podcast, he always has a way that he ends his podcast. Typically, I have my way that I end my podcast, but I, I, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place, and I'm going to let him end this podcast the way he ends his podcast because I think it's so strong. Well, one thing I'll say is that we're descendants of kings and queens, and I always say that legacies matter, and so do you. See you next time. All right. Thank you.